Hey, this is 633 Podcast because we believe Matthew 633. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. I am Kimberly Belrose, faith coach, and I've partnered with Sharon McComb, certified life coach, and we pray that our episodes will wake up the believer within each of us to believe and actually live like it. We co-host coaching works episodes to bring an awareness of this profession and how we testify that it can help anyone with anything. Now Sharon's Checkmate episodes discuss many ways that we get stuck in life and giving us tips to get out. But today, you're with me, your host, Kimberly, and this is my wake up. Now, I had planned on embarking on a new journey today as we began in Matthew of Eugene Peterson's The Message uh, Bible and looking at some of his words and his study notes and how they have such depth and value in today's world. But... I have, no, I have not. Holy Spirit has brought to my attention uh, Titus 3.1, where it talks about the necessity of obeying the government of our land. Now, I don't want to talk today about all those rules of what we obey and what we don't, where is grace and where is disobedience, although that might be an upcoming podcast. But here's what I know. There is permission to use portions of the Message Bible without requiring written permission or a written request. And so it's okay for me to share portions of the Bible. But for the journey that I want to embark on in the future, where I want to really talk about his study notes as well as his uh, Bible that took him over 20 years to write, our government, our land laws have this thing about copyrights. And you know that. I know that. And we don't even, we don't even think about it. You know, in years past, we used to copy someone's, you know, cassette tape, believe it or not, or CD or computer program. And, you know, when we did those things, we were breaking copyright laws. And so I believe that Holy Spirit has convicted me that I can't yet embark on the journey that I wanted to with the fullness of Eugene Peterson's words because I am required to send written permission, uh, a written request, sorry, and I have to await the written permission to do so. So I do hope that that's coming in my future. But so we're not there yet and it's okay because we are going to get there, I hope and pray. And if we don't, then we just believe that it isn't meant to be. Now, what I do want to talk about today is the rearview mirror. And I listened 
to Sharon and I's co-host episode about how the Holy Spirit helps us coach. And I confess to you all, as my listeners, that I didn't like that episode. Um, I felt, I, I was so excited with the Spirit because I let Sharon talk first about what happened in the morning and I was so very, very excited because that was everything that God was showing me before she told me about it. And, you know, maybe the excitement would have been the other way around if I had said first, oh, this is what God is showing me about your new vehicle, blah, 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 blah. And she could have been the one that was blown away because those are the things that her life coach brought out. So I felt like I came across as a flake, as a copycat of what her experience was. And then I dealt with feelings of rejection and guilt and condemnation and failure and shame and what am I doing and all of that, all of that. I don't even, you know, it is what it is rejection and is uh, my Achilles heel, my kryptonite per se, the the struggle and the button that the enemy can push. You know, when you're dealing with children and you're dealing with situations that we all have buttons to push. And it's amazing how people figure out what, what our buttons are and then they begin to push them. Well, that's one of mine. And I have said to you over and over that I'm open, honest, transparent, and vulnerable. And I'm telling you straight up, I didn't like it. I wasn't happy with me, not sharing, not the podcast, not the conclusion maybe of the story. But I wasn't happy with me. So whatever. But God has not let go of something that I said in that episode. And it was, the I thought it was just a word for the Holy Spirit, but now I believe it's a word for the body of Christ so that I'm bringing it to this episode today. And it is that, what I said about the rear view mirror. We often hear, and especially in coaching, that, you know, don't look in the rear view mirror. That's gone. That's over. That's the past. But I felt when I was talking to Sharon that the Holy Spirit was telling her, I thought, ha ha ha, that it's important to look in the rear view mirror and see where I came from. See where you came from. And know where you are seated now and know where you are going. So the Holy Spirit has, has spent some time with me dealing with this issue in the last couple of weeks and even just this morning. And I want to read to you from the Message Bible. And I'm looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And it's beginning with... Um, talking about how important it is for us one to another and that it's talking about um, what can I say 
I'll just read some, okay? So I'm going to pick up somewhere along verse 9 and 10. And it says that, you know, cheerfully pleasing God is the main thing. And that's what we aim to do, regardless of our conditions. And I want to interject right here that I know that this is Sharon and I's heart. That that's the main thing. That we please God with our coaching, with our uh, with my blog, with our episodes, uh, with our very lives. That that is our aim to be the main thing, to please Him, and it's what we aim to do. So now I'm back reading in the Scripture. It's what we aim to do, regardless of our conditions. Sooner or later, we'll all have to face God, regardless of our conditions. We will appear before Christ and take what's coming as a result of our actions, either good or bad. This is what keeps us vigilant. To know that one day we will stand in that place of judgment. That's why we're to work urgently with everyone we meet to get them ready to face God. God alone knows how well we do this or do not. That's me adding in. But I hope you realize how much we deeply care. We're not saying this to make ourselves look good to you. We just thought that it would make you feel good, proud even, that we're on your side. And not just nice to your face as so many people are. If I acted crazy, then... I did it for God. If I acted overly serious, I did it for you. Christ's love has moved me to such extremes. His love has the first and the last word in everything I do. Sharon's not near as crazy as I am. And I have done a lot of crazy things. And I would stand behind that word for my life. That if I acted crazy, I did it for God. And that if I acted over seriously or over passionate in an area that I want you to see or I want you to hear the revelation of the truth, the revelation of the freedom that I have received or that I, you know, something that I see into your life that or the lives of whoever... I can act overly serious and overly passionate because I'm desperately wanting the same for you. The freedom from that. The victory in that. And yet, there are so many times that I slip up in my own life and I go back to living like that worm instead of the new creature that I am. And yes, now I'm going back to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. Our firm decision is to work from this focused center. One man, Jesus, died for everyone. So that puts everyone in the same boat. He included everyone in his death so that everyone could be included in his life. A resurrection life. A far better life than people ever lived on their own. 
Because of this decision, we don't evaluate people by what they have or how they look. We look at the Messiah that way once and we got it all wrong. And as you know, we certainly don't look at him that way anymore. Now we look inside and we see what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah, with Jesus people, gets a fresh start, a created new. They're created new. The old life is gone and a new life burgeons. Yeah, what's that word? I don't have time right now to look up in the dictionary. I'm going to say it means begins. (laughs) I'll check it out later. But look at it. All this comes from the God who settled the relationship between us and him. And that he called us to settle our relationships with each other. So that's where I want to end today. In reading. And I want to talk about, just for a moment, what is the importance of the rearview mirror in the word that I had in our Coaching Works episode. And it is this. I know who I was before my old life died, the old me, and I became a new creature. I had so much hate in my heart. I had so much anger and I was so critical and I was so judgmental and I was so sad and I was so mean and I was a bully and I was, I held so much unforgiveness in my heart towards my parents, towards teachers, towards my peers, towards my abusers, towards my employers, towards my landlords, towards my first husband, my boy, ex-boyfriends, my best friend. I, I really suppose that there wasn't anybody that I didn't hold unforgiveness towards. And, and myself. Oh my goodness, the revelation that when I got the revelation that I needed to forgive myself, man, that was a doozy. That was the hardest person that I had to forgive was me. It wasn't my abusers. It wasn't those who hurt me. It was me. And this rear view mirror thing, I I heard... Todd White recently in a message and he said you know when he wakes up every morning and he knows who he was before Jesus he knows that old man that old creature and he opens his eyes and he's so full of joy in saying oh God another day I have another day to live for you and to share the good news that you can take someone like me from my old life, from my old ways, from the old me and transform me into who I am today, where I'm seated now and where are we going with this? 
and I had a word this week, some thoughts that came to my mind as I journaled, which I'm sure are the work of the Holy Spirit. And the people that knew the old me and the people that know the new me, I think they see two different people. Even my kids, you know, I started having children in 1984 and I got saved in 1990. And yes, the first few years of walking out your experience from born from above, you know, there's there's a time of transformation like that caterpillar, you know, building the cocoon and, and the different stages of the chrysalis and coming out to flying like a beautiful butterfly. You know, that's stages. So the early years of my parenting were mixed the, from the old me to the, the becoming wrapped in the cocoon and dying to self in that chrysalis to coming out to flying. And sometimes I feel like that worm is wanting to shed his wings and it and it almost makes me angry when I wake up to the revelation that I was acting like a worm and not the butterfly that God created me to be. So the words that came out in my journal were I do believe that my four kids honor me. I do believe that my four kids trust me. My four kids tell me words like I'm such a good mom and I'm always there for them. And I will, you know, I will change my schedule. I will change my days. I will change my finances, whatever I need in order to assist my kids when I can in godly ways. And I say that cautiously because if we don't follow the spirit with our adult children, sometimes we're preventing him from doing the work that he's doing in our children. So there's a fine line and why it's necessary to live in the new creature in the relationship with the living God and not that we live in religion going from the expectation of the history book of the way we know there's a difference and I keep saying it over and over and I will keep saying it over and over that's okay so back to my journal my kids presume that I'm a nice person. My kids presume that I'm a good mom. My kids experience that and know that. I know that when I look in that rear view mirror, that's not who I was. It is absolutely not who I was. I had too much anger and unforgiveness and pain in my heart for me to be a good mom. Did I love my kids, my babies? Absolutely, I loved them. But I was a worm and I was an angry worm. I devoured stuff in my life. I crawled 
And my kids suffered in those days with the mom that I was. My friends, my employers, they all suffered because of who I was. And I need to somehow look in that rearview mirror and remember who I was and communicate that to you, to the world, and to my kids, to my husband. I am absolutely positive that if I was not seated in Christ right now, and I was not that new creature that he helps me fly, finally love yourself. I know that I'd probably be divorced again. I probably would have an extremely bad reputation. I wouldn't likely have very many friends. If I did, they would be very bitter, angry, judgmental people like I was. I'd probably be a thief because I was. Guaranteed. This is a guarantee to you. I would be divorced again. And maybe again. And maybe again. And maybe again. I don't know. Because I looked for love in all the wrong places. And yet, I was not of heart and mind and value to stay in a relationship, to commit. I run. I cause pain and I run from pain. And I didn't feed others good fruit. So when I look in that rear view mirror and I look at the worm that I was and know that I am seated in that vehicle like Sharon and I talked about in her episode, I am seated with Christ and I have that rear view perspective and I have that goal, that direction, that journey, that intention, that highway of life to the abundant life that Jesus gave me to go, to drive. Now, just one more thing I want to say about that, because this is another part. I need to communicate that. What I said Todd White said in his message is that he wakes up in the morning so full of gratitude that God chose him that God turned him from who he was into who he is and gives him another day to share the good news the message you see God didn't move into your story. God didn't move into my story. He invited us into his. It's like he has a fleet of vehicles. Not just one, like Sharon got. He has a fleet of vehicles. And he's given you one and me one to drive in his story. 
in his world, in his action. And every day, every day, I need to look in that rear view mirror and remember who I was. And I need to see where I'm seated and be so grateful and so thankful and so full of everything that Christ has done for me and has given me because I'm a new creature. And pray and seek and know where are we going? Who? Who are you letting drive your car? Because what would Jesus do if he were you and me? Are we trying to force God into our life? I'm doing this and I'm doing that and God help me here and help me that and God I need that and I need this? Or are we saying, okay, okay, I'm seated. I'm seated with you. I'm driving one of your vehicles in your fleet. Where are we going today? God, what's on your agenda today? It doesn't mean that we don't have responsibilities of errands and relationships and work, home. But it does mean that we need to pay attention. We need to have listening ears, open eyes, and responsive hearts for the opportunities that he has before us every day to be like Jesus. How we wake up, how we go to bed, and everything in between, how we think about others, how we talk to others, how we act and react to every situation in every day. It's how we act like Jesus. It's how we let others eat fruit, good fruit. So I want you to think about this week, because I sure am, of having that picture of who I was in my rearview mirror when I wake up and knowing where I'm seated and that I'm in his story and he's not in mine. So, today, if you want to reach Sharon or I for anything, for any reason, our, you know, my website is www.633-wakeup.com and Sharon's is www.wildflowerwomen.ca our links are in the show notes. Our emails are in the show notes. We just want to be there for you. I honestly, I don't even care about the money. I just want to be there for you. I want you to know that you are a new creature. You don't have to live 
with rejection or failure or guilt or shame or addiction or pain or fear or worry or anxiety. You can fly. So if you want to reach me, you know how. So I want to bless you for being here. I want to bless you for sharing. I want to bless you for encouraging words. And until next time, be blessed and be a blessing.